Hey everyone, this is Isaac Maddox, and I'm the pastor of Activate Church, and this is our podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to our podcast and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. I hope this message blesses you, encourages you, builds your faith, and I hope you enjoy the message. There's one church, there's one spirit. Come on, Jesus. Do you love Jesus? Do you love the Bible? Where's my Bible people at? Don't you love this? Don't you love this book? Do you love people? All right, tell somebody you love them. Love you. Love you, TJ. Love you, Ren. Love you, Joel. Everyone's looking so skinny. Wearing black. Amen. Thank you, worship team. Thank you, Cole. You good? You're looking good, man. Yeah. Your arms look a little toner. Doing some push-ups? Beautiful, beautiful. It's good to be in church. Good to be in church. Come on, come on. One of the biggest uh, advices, advices I got in um, preparing to plant a church uh, is, uh, you know, you go to all the conferences, you meet with people, and they, say, they tell me, Isaac, don't build a church that you don't want to be a part of. That was like the number one thing. And that sounds kind of selfish. Like, oh, you're building this church for you. No, the, the advice was given because so many people had built churches they thought other people wanted. And so everybody was not happy. Because they're like, no, we don't like this church. And the pastor's like, we built this for you. You said this is what you wanted. And they didn't like it. And the pastor didn't like it. So ultimately, this is what I like. All right? <laughs> and it's not for everybody, but this is the expression that God's put in our heart that we see biblically. And I, I, just, I just love a church that I can do the book of Psalms in. Yeah. Not part of the Psalms. The Psalms has dancing. The Psalms has shouting. The Psalms has clapping. Okay, and so we can, we can do all, isn't it cool to be a part of a church where you can do the entirety of the book of Psalms? Yeah. You know, I just thought that was cool. I'll just share that with you. i just share that with you. Oh, my goodness. So much, so much. I'm a little, this, this series is above my pay grade. Um, the kingdom. I, I've been a kingdom person. Where's my kingdom people? There's some kingdom people. Everybody has their own thing. You know, you start talking about counseling, and then you just light up, or small groups, and you light up women's ministry, and you light up men's, and all of that's beautiful. I've never been, to be honest with you, can I just be honest? I've never been like, you know, kingdom, 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 kingdom. I mean, we say the words kingdom culture, and kingdom principles, and a part of the kingdom, and we sing songs about king, and king Jesus, and all of it. Um, but the fresh revelation that I think God's given me through his word, um, and through his spirit, is just, is, is, is just the fact that, that this kingdom, um, his, his kingdom come, amen, his will be done, his kingdom, his kingdom is, 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 is happening, and I, I happen through Jesus, Jesus came to reveal the Father, amen, so Jesus comes to reveal the Father, he comes to reveal the kingdom, and then so Jesus shows up and says, follow me, and so it's an interesting it's an interesting introduction to the kingdom where this kingdom is so rad, it's so bad, it's without time, it goes on forever, it's always been, it's the kingdom. It's God, it's the revelation of God. And Jesus just invites us into it. And that's what we do. We just invite people into it. So God puts a church in our heart and then we just invite you into it. Well, I don't like it. Well, sorry. So the revelation of the kingdom is very interesting because it's slightly right up to the point of arrogance, but God is love. So he's not arrogant, but he doesn't change. So he invites you into what is. He invites you into... Christianity was supposed to be the greatest 
the greatest expression of you do whatever you want, boo. You do, you do you. No one is here to change you. No one is here to get down. No one is here to condemn you. I'm simply here to extend the revelation of the kingdom that I've been invited into, and I'm inviting you into it up until the point where preaching the gospel is proclaiming and presenting and not mandating. I think we live in a really cool time period where we get to understand mandates. We get to really understand the idea of a mandate, and God does not do mandate. He does not. Some of us walk around with a theology that says, "I well, you know, I don't know. If God wants to do it, he can. Let's talk about that. I'm in a very, I'm in a very thoughtful mood. So starting series is, is tough because I feel like I've got 18 messages and I'm spinning, spinning plates. And it's like, do we start with the garden, the establishment of the kingdom and the fall of the kingdom? And then the restitution, redemption, and revival of the kingdom throughout scripture, from Genesis to Revelation, is kingdom, okay, is going to help us with heaven. Or do we, just, do we just start with the reign of kings on earth? Let's do that. With, with, the kingdom, with the kingdom being established in Israel, with the lineage of kings. And it's just as important because Jesus is the son of David. He's the son of a king. He's the son of man, and yet he is King Jesus. He is the God. He is God. He is the God man. And so you see the difficulty and the impossibility of my task because Jesus is 100% God and 100% man. Deal with that. It, it's, this doesn't make any sense. And so when we talk about time and we talk about eternity, it's difficult. And so we do series at this church to try to just sit in something for a season because I think God reveals himself in seasons, right? Four seasons a year. We see a God, and yet nothing is the same. Nothing is new, not one snowflake, which is still, I don't believe that, but supposedly that's what people tell me. Um, and so we're going to talk about the king, our king and kingdom. Are you ready? You ready? And so I hope I didn't confuse you with that introduction, just giving you time to find your Bible. Um, just trying to explain and trying to just preface and set the context that your job is to simply allow the kingdom that already is, is to be established in your life, and then you simply invite people into the kingdom. You simply invite people into this, this, this following of Jesus, and if they reject it, give them a hug and love them and buy them lunch. Like, this is the idea of Christianity, but it is difficult, because when you're passionate about something, like, this is the guitar to buy. No, that guitar is junk. It creates conflict, and we don't do conflict well. No, this is the best guitar, and then we go to war over why this guitar is the best and why yours is not the best. And so when it comes to Christianity, it doesn't mean there's no conflict in the kingdom. It just means we have to figure out how to do conflict in this day and age. Because God is not a God of control, and yet he is in control. I want to talk about that this morning, and I hope I don't confuse you. My job is to reveal scripture, and, and that's my job, is to theologize, is to look at the word of God. It's not necessarily, some of us are used to so much man's ideas and man's theologies. My job is to reveal sovereignty. He is our, our sovereign, right? He is our sovereign. He is our king. And we have been given free choice. Now, a lot of people spend a lot of time on how those intersect. I have no interest in it because that's above my pay grade. Three in one. God always was. It's when our, our neurons just break down. 
I would rather spend time in the revelation of God, the theology of God, where, where that is where I want to stay in my lane because that's what God has revealed, is, is who is God? God has revealed himself and he has revealed how I can choose to receive that. How they interact, that's, that's only up to God. I mean, free choice and sovereignty are, are intense. So let's look at that this morning. I want to talk on the subject of, I got so many titles, I don't even remember which one I picked. <laughs> do, do we have that? Do we, 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 uh, we, we, what was it? We, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. We must welcome, we must welcome him and want him. That's right, I had so many working titles. I had, what do you want? I had, he will give you what you want, so you better get your want right. That was the long one. <laughs> That was the long one. Every once in a while, I like to be cute and just throw out like a book, you know, a book title. Um, you must welcome him and want him. The idea of the kingdom is not, again, control and mandate. And listen, I'm your king and you're a serf. Bow. That's oftentimes the idea of bow before your king. You bow before your king. And no, the king is so glorious. It just says every knee will bow because not of mandate or control it's because he is he is so glorious that it doesn't matter what your opinion is <laughs> he's not looking for it okay this is a theocracy partnered with people which is again difficult to understand but he is God and I am not and so let's look at this this morning first Samuel chapter 8 first Samuel chapter 8 and Verse 1. As Samuel grew old, he appointed his sons to be judges over Israel. His oldest sons took court, but they were not like their father, for they were greedy for money. They accepted bribes and perverted justice. Finally, all the elders of Israel met at Ramah to discuss the matter with Samuel. Look, they told him, you are now old, <laughs> and your sons are not like you. Give us a king to judge us like all the other nations have. You can underline that. Give us a king to judge us like all the other nations have. Samuel was displeased with their request and he went to the Lord for guidance. Do everything they say to you. So you can see the predicament and the pickle I'm in because this is theologically like this is some dicey ground, right? This is some thin ice here. Hold on. Is, do we serve a God that gives us what we want? Just give them, give it to them. Do everything they say to you. The Lord replied, for they're not rejecting, they're, they're, for they are rejecting me and not you. They don't want me to be their king any longer. Ever since I brought them from Egypt, they have continually abandoned me and followed other gods. And now they're giving you the same treatment. Do as they ask. I'm telling you this morning, you got to get your ask right. You got ask ask. You got to get your ask right. You got to get your want right. We'll stay with want. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. There's grace. But, but solemnly warn them about the way a king will reign over them. So Samuel passed on the Lord's warning. He's a strong God. He doesn't, he doesn't speak passively, aggressively. He doesn't speak in, in seeds of fear. But he will warn you according to the truth. 
He warned the people who were asking him for a king. This is how a king will reign over you. Samuel said, the king will draft your sons and assign them into his chariots and his charioteers, making them run before his chariots. Some will be generals and captains, on and on and on. Verse 17, he will demand a tenth of your flocks and you will be his slaves. When the day comes, you will beg for relief from this king you are demanding, but then the Lord will not help you. (laughs) But the people refuse to listen to Samuel's warning. Even so... This doesn't sound like us, right? We still want a king. I still want to live the way I want. I still will not do that. I can't. I can't love that person. I can't forgive that person. I can't invite. I can't. I can't. I still want a king. We want to be like other people. I want to be like all the broken people in the soap operas I watch. We want to be like the nations around us. Our king got it all figured out. Our king will judge us and lead us into battle. So Samuel repeated to the Lord, the people had said, and the Lord replied, do as they say and give him a king. Then Samuel agreed and sent the people. Isn't that crazy? So that's a big subject to touch, but let's just, let's just, assume slightly this morning that maybe he doesn't give me everything I want. Some things are chalked up into fantasy. Some things are under grace. And some things, though, God says, you want that? You sure? Yeah. So just for a few minutes, let's get, okay, I got to get my want right. I got to get my want right. I got to, I got to, whoo, let's just take a minute and get our want right this morning. Amen. All right. Jesus, we thank you for this place. We thank you for church. We thank you for the church, the body of Christ, the bride. But we thank you that our church has an address on it. My marriage has a name on it. My house has an address on it. There's a specificness to this revelation that you're bringing to me, God. I thank you for that. I thank you. I thank you for, for eternity. And I thank you for time. I thank you that I can, you put me in time. That I can, that I can take steps and I can, I can learn and I can teach. And there's such a patient God. We thank you for grace. We thank you for truth. We thank you for truth. We thank you for grace. We thank you for mercy. We thank you for love. We thank you for your word. Lord, we know that your truth sets us free. Lord, we pray that you would just invade this place as we have worshiped. Lord, our hearts are open. God, we pray for the word of God to take root in our hearts. Let the word, let the truth set us free in this place. Let us see Jesus like we never have. Give us a faith like we've never had in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this Christmas was interesting. Um, me and Carrie were talking, as we do, and she was like, I think I want to go to the Nutcracker. And I was like, okay. Now, there's sometimes in marriage where you go into negotiation mode. Amen? And, and, and then there are times that you say no. Honey, as you're covering, I'm going to have to put my foot down. That's a, that's a hard and fast no on that. And then sometimes you just need to say yes. Amen? Sometimes you're just like, Yes! I'm not going to make this difficult. I'm not going to, you know, try to come up with a better, just let's go to the Nutcracker. And so we went to the Nutcracker, and from the beginning, it was sort of an interesting evening, even though we we went with Kyle and Sarah, and that was the best part of the evening. It was wonderful conversation and friendship, and it was all beautiful. But the whole, you know, some things just take the course, just, 
you know, traffic, you know, just, it was just a lot more traffic. And so you had to bump the reservation. And then we got to the, you know, chart house a little bit late. So they put you in this area with all the, the real old people. And I mean old, like 120. And it's like, it's like five o'clock, but they're finishing dinner, right? Because they got there at 3.30. And they're over there at five o'clock yawning and it's a lot of walkers and different things. But anyways, so we're kind of in this one area of the chart house. We're like, okay, we had a table reserved overlooking the city, but that's cool. This is cool, right? You just got to keep just believing the best and hoping the best. And we're like, we're all going to the Nutcracker. This is cool. So dinner was fine. And then we get to the, to the place. And uh, again, COVID, so you have all this testing and they're checking all this stuff. And so there's these lines, right? We had plenty of time to get there, but there's just, there's lines of stuff. And it's just a little awkward and a little weird. It's taking forever. Then we get in. I kid you not, we are walking towards the doors and these two lovely people close the doors. And we're like, our seats are in there. Like, you're late. I'm like, yeah, because of all the people out front that you got doing all the things, right? And we, can we just go? Nope, you have to wait till uh, halftime or whatever they call it in the opera, in, in, the, in the ballet, intermission. That's right. All oh, you refined people. Good. This is good. This is good. So we have to go sit somewhere else waiting for, uh, no one is into this story. Okay, I'm just going to wind this down really quick. So everybody's just like, I'm still trying to figure out if God's going to give me what I want. So we, we get to some weird area. And then we come back, and then they finally let us in after intermission, and we get to our seats. And this second act was interesting. It was like half-naked people in tights. I don't know if you've been to the Nutcracker, but there's a lot of dudes basically naked, and I'm like, okay, this is why Carrie, you know, wanted to come to the Nutcracker. I'm like, I literally, I couldn't stop looking at this one dude's butt. I was like, I mean, it was just this, wow. And he's just, you know, he's just fluttering around, and I was just like, it was... It's like, should I be watching this? Is this? But you can't tell everyone's reaction. They got masks. Everyone's just masked up. So it's like a thousand eyes. And I'm like, is this legal in our country? Like, dudes just dancing around naked? So anyways, so we're done with the Nutcracker. I'm still trying to process everything that took place. Sort of repenting. And so we go to pick up my kids. And we're all driving home. And we're driving by uh, downtown Camas, and this car comes barreling down the hill and hits, hits my car. You know, and if you haven't been in a car wreck in a while, it's, it's one of those things, right? Boom, it's just like, whew, right, it's a little, yeah, it's not fun. So we pull over, and these kids, I mean, they're just smoking pot. It is just a, just, and this guy's like, man, I'm so sorry, man. And he comes over and puts his arm on me. And you don't know how you're going to react in a, you know, in a moment until that moment. And you're just like, it's okay, son. I just, it's okay. I wasn't that angry, even though I was angry. Carrie was a little bit more angry. And so um, Mama Bear was protecting her kids. And, and so we got home, and we are just kind of looking at the whole night. And again, Sarah and Kyle was the best part of the night. I think she even cried during the Nutcracker. I don't judge, no judgment towards the Nutcracker. To those of you that watch that kind of stuff, um, there's grace. It's fine. Um, so we were just talking. I was like, how, 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 you know, what do you think? She's like, yeah, it's not really what I wanted. <laughs> and I don't want to put words in her mouth. I just was wondering, like, do we have to do that again? <laughs> do we have to go, <laughs> wait, is that what you wanted? Is that what you, you know, is that, yeah? They cashed that check. Did you, did, or do you remember, they wrote that check. Did you cash it? Did you, did you enjoy it? Did you receive that? She's like, no. It was kind of like, I didn't know what I wanted. And, and I think that's the point of the whole story. I don't know if I'm going to tell that story again in the second service, but um, 
we don't always know what we want. It's like, I'm trying to figure out, did you want a Christmas moment? I don't know. I, was it a friendship moment? Was it just a normal moment? The last two years have created some difficulties. And so it's like, do you just want some normal? Do you just want to go out? Or is it the actual naked men in tights that you want to see, right? It's like, what is it that you want? What, what, because it's, 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 it's difficult. And so we look back and we, and we, and we hindsight 2020 our decisions and we pull things to try to help make better decisions. It's like, what is it that I really wanted? Is it, is it, is it a Christmas? Was it family? Was it that vibe? Was it, was it, what did I? And I think a lot of times we look at decisions that determine destiny and that is true. But even underneath that is the desire and the passion and the wanting for something that causes us to make certain decisions. And some of those wantings are good and some of them are bad. But when we look at it, what did I really want? It's difficult to understand sometimes what I really want. What, what I really, really, really want. What is it? If God showed up today and said, what do you want? Would you be able to tell him what you want out of, out of life, out of, out, of, out of relationship with God, out of church, out of marriage? Would you be able to tell him what you want? Could you tell him what you want? What do you want? What do you want? What do you want from me? Would you be able to tell them what you want from God? What do you want? What do you want? It's the wantings that determine so much because God gave the people what they wanted. They said, we want to be like everybody else. And God said, okay, for a season, I will actually give you what you want. You want a king that represents the flesh. You want a king that represents desires according to be like other people. And so God gave them Saul and Saul represented the first king and he represented a king that had the fear of man and he people pleased and he wanted to fit in and he wanted to be liked by people. Saul had a whole, and Saul wasn't evil, but Saul had a whole set of wantings that mirrored the people of Israel. And so God gave them what they wanted. And then God said, okay, my turn. I get to pick this time. And it's different than what you want. I found a little shepherd boy in Bethlehem. And this kid wants what I want. He has a heart after my heart. And so God gives him David. And now David sets the lineage of kings straight. David wanted what God wanted. Do your wantings come under God? Ultimately, what do I want? Is it wrong to want money? No. Is it wrong to want success? No. Is it wrong to want friendships? Is it wrong to want to fit in? Is it wrong to, is it, is it, wait, 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 I've got some of these are your things and God says, yes, yes. But how you go about and do them is different than how I want to do it. So it's not only do your wantings line up to what I want for you, is it, are you willing to do it my way? Are you willing to trust your king as a king that does not force himself on you? He has to be wanted. That's why some of our friends are not saved because King Jesus will not force salvation on them. You have to want it. You have to realize, man, I'm a sinner and I want salvation. And Jesus goes, here. I'm sick and I want healing. I'm broken and I want restoration. So Jesus gives you what you want. And up to the point of resisting, some of those beautiful, smart people in my life are resisting King Jesus and resisting the kingdom. Why? Because they want what they want. And God gives them what they want. He's so big, he's so big, he's so powerful, he does not force himself. 
That's how awesome our kingdom is. That's how awesome his kingdom is. And yet he gives us this, well, you know what? You have to welcome me and want me because I will not force myself into your life. And so this reign of kings starts with a prophet. This reign of kings starts with Samuel. Samuel's our prophet. Samuel's little Samuel. He's just a, just a little, he's a miracle boy. His mom's Hannah, and Hannah, Hannah prayed, and, and, and Samuel is this prophet. Now, Samuel is rare because Samuel gets to see what the people wanted and gets to see what God wanted all in the same lifetime. Very few people get to see that transition. Moses took the people out, but Joshua took the people in. Samuel, a prophet representing a, the prophetic ministry of even the New Testament and the lineage of King Jesus under King David, represents being able to see the transition because it represents intercession and it represents Jesus standing in the gap. And so he got to anoint Saul and he got to see God reject Saul and he got to see David anointed king and the, and the and the lineage of kings starting outright Samuel the prophet why because all things start prophetic things start with prophecy. When you really are wrestling with what you want and saying, God, I want to get what I want right. I want to know what you want. It starts with prophetic atmosphere. That's why we come to church. You can't just get this with in small group. I love small group, but church is a certain prophetic atmosphere. You get the musicians and you get people that got the word and you get servants and deacons and people all together and all of a sudden agreement and unity comes and Jesus says, well, I'm praised. I will show up and I need some people that can pray and prophesy our Father who are in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done it starts with prophetic atmosphere that's why Paul said I wish that all of you would prophesy why because when you're raising kids and you're doing job and you're doing life there has got to be a prophetic atmosphere full of the word of God full of the spirit trying to stir up a prophetic atmosphere even in your house with your kids saying you can't just have bible study even though I love bible study You've got, we've got to bring the spirit of prophecy into everywhere we live. Can I get an amen? It's not hype. It can look like it. It might not always look like me spitting and jumping and dancing, but the prophetic has some power to it. And so Samuel, the, the reign of kings is now gonna, is gonna start with prophecy. See, some of us, we, 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 we get this wrong. Hear me, hear me, hear me, hear me. Did you know that, that Jesus was cool with them having a king? It was the fact that they wanted a king like every other people. Deuteronomy 17, 14 says this. You are about to enter the land the Lord your God is giving you. When you take it over and settle there, you may think we should select a king to rule over us like the other nations around us. If this happens, be sure to select as king the man the Lord your God has chosen. So God wasn't against them having a king. He was against them wanting a king like the other nations have. He wanted them to have a king like he wanted them to have a king. See, and so this is what's so difficult sometimes. He's not against sometimes what you want or what's in your heart. You just want it the way they have it. The truth of it is, is you just want what they have. You just want it the way it looks. You want to go about it the way that other people go about it. And God says, I want you to go about it the way I have it. Will you trust me? I want, I've got better wants than what you want. Will you submit your want under my want? If you trust me, if you trust King Jesus, I'm going to lead you and give you the desires of your heart. But you need to know that you need to know that you want me and that I know and I have a plan and I know what you want and God's in control. And so Samuel, Samuel's this prophet and Samuel is this child of, of, of prayer. 
It's Hannah praying in the temple. God, give me a child, give me a son, and I'll, I'll give him to you. So, so Samuel, he, he, he represents this, this starting point of prayer. And, and, and when, you, when you wrestle with what you want, as we all do, we need prophecy to help us understand. We need to be a part of a prophetic people. We need to be a praying people, amen, to help us understand that, that God, help me understand what I want. We need to be a people of prayer and praise and, 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 and prophecy to help us because it's not easy. You can't just listen to this message and go, okay, cool, God, I want what you want. No, it's the wrestle of a lifetime to say, God, I want what you want. I want you. I want your word. I want your presence. I want what you want. God, God, help me want what you want. My heart is after your heart. My heart is after your word. Above anything else, God, I want your presence. I want your glory. I want your kingdom to come. I want your will to be done. God, I want your will more than my will if I go to Maui fine if I buy a house fine but I want your will to be done in my life that was David my wants are for what you want and it's a wrestle it's a wrestle I say all that to say because it's not simple it's not, it's not easy. The nutcracker or not the nutcracker? Was it Christmas that I wanted? Was it a date that I wanted? Was it just away from the kids that I wanted? Oh, it's complicated. Was it just friendship that I wanted? Was it normal that I wanted? It's difficult to understand the soul and the mind. What do I want? What is it that I really want? And this is a cautionary tale that the lineage of kings started with misguided wants and misguided passions. You better make sure that you are not just wanting what someone else has because God might give it to you. And so it humbles us to say, I got to get my want right. God, 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 I got to get my want right. What do I want? Hey, what do we want? Do I just want a big, do I just want to, do I want to be famous? Do I want to be, do I want influence? Do I want, what do I want? I got to get my want right this morning. Holy Spirit, help me get my want. Help me get my want. And so Samuel, he was so, so Samuel is the product of miracle. He's the product of prayer. He's the product of praise. So this young man grows and, and God begins to speak to him. And God says, Samuel, Samuel. And, and, and Samuel goes over to Eli, his, his pastor, his mentor, who's not perfect, but he's his pastor. He's his mentor. So he comes and he goes, yes, you called me. And he goes, I didn't call you. Go back. Samuel goes back to bed. He's just a young boy learning the voice of God. And as he mentors can take you to a certain place. People have taken you to a certain place. Coaches and mentors and teachers and pastors can take you to a certain place. And then God wants to take over. But whenever, whenever you're in transition, God will start to sound like your pastor. And so Samuel goes, Eli, you talking to me? Eli says, I'm not talking to you. Finally, after a few times, Eli goes, okay, God's starting to speak to you. And so what you need to do is you need to say, speak. Your servant is listening because now God is drawing you to himself. See, because this is a kingdom of priests. It's a kingdom of prayer. It's a kingdom of prophecy. It's a kingdom of praise. It's also a kingdom of priests that at some point you have a Martin Luther revelation that thank you God for my priest thank you for my pastor thank you for my th- thank you for the teachers and the preachers and the parents there comes a point though that God no longer wants to go through them to get to you he wants to go directly King Jesus wants to go directly to you and so there come a moment like hold on that sounds like that person and that sounds like that and then God says I now want to take over I want to be the preeminent voice in your life I want you to come and serve me the 
be a part of a song service. Be a part of church. Awesome. But now I want to take your praise and I want it, I want it to be towards me. I want to take your life and it's going to be directly through me. You no longer have to go through anybody to get to me. You get counsel, great. It'll add to it. You get some preaching, it'll add to it. You get some prayer, it'll add to it. But now I'm calling you to myself and so I can speak to you directly. I can heal you directly. And so now you look as King Jesus as the source of everything you need. So this is Samuel. Every Samuel needs an Eli. You need an Eli. Every, every, every nation needs a Joshua. You need somebody. We are interdependent. You can't just live this life alone as much as people might tell you that. You need, you need pastors. You need teachers. You need preachers. Some people, though, are only meant to get you to where you are right now. There are some theologians, there are some books that you've read that could only get you to a certain point. And now God says, okay, I want to take over and I want you now to get under some different spiritual leadership. I want you to get under some different theology. They took you as far as they could take you. God wants to bring you. See, Eli, he wasn't perfect. Crazy, really. But, but he could hear from God. And so Samuel, he got Samuel connected to Eli. And that's why you can't despise spiritual mentorship. You have to understand that some people you, you need them to get you to a certain point that at some point you'll feel agitation in your spirit and God says now I am going to take you where they could not take you and so you'll feel a transition God is that you is that Eli see whenever you're wrestling with the voice of God it means that God is taking you to a deeper place with himself and that's why that desperation is there that's why that hunger is there because you're confused is that you God who is that? And you need, you need someone to bring you where they are. You don't need talkers in your life. You don't need talkers in your life. Amen. Thank you. Should have double tied that. So many of us get connected with people because of a certain thing in their life that we were attracted to initially. Okay, there was a theology, there was a work of God in their life that we liked, and we we're like, ooh, that's good. But there's some other things that have not been worked out in their life, but because of relationship and spiritual, really the origin, uh, that connectedness that we often share with spiritual fathers and mothers is we go back to them for areas that they have not yet accomplished. And so what happens is they end up being a cap for us. I think this is best pictured in the children of Israel is that at that point, see, God knew that Samuel couldn't get from Eli what he needed to get. So I need to transition you. Do you realize that, that, that the 12 spies of Israel, that they were elders and pastors? They weren't just knuckleheads. It wasn't that Joshua and Caleb just picked 10 dorks and said, let's go spy out the land. No, those were elders. Those were pastors. So 10 pastors kept the children of Israel out of the promised land we got a lot of babies in here. That's good. That's all right. That's all right. I love it. It's cool. We're just going to focus. We're just going to focus. We're good? We're good. It's good. We're good. We're good. You just keep holding and listening. We're going to just keep focusing, and the piano's going to help us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're just off cue. It's all right. No. Ten pastors. Ten pastors kept them from the promised land. They hadn't even seen the promised land. They hadn't even seen it. So th 
this tells me that there are some beautiful people over your life that might be keeping you from something that they determine isn't for them. But, but you might need to find some spiritual leadership and some friendship that'll pour, not some talkers, some doers. Some doers, some people that have, that have seen their ministry, their marriage, their finances reestablished. I'm thankful for the people that want it, but there are some people that have done it that can show you how to do it. And God wants to connect you to some people that have done what he put into your heart. But this wrestle, this wrestle will cause you to look at what you really want. Do you really just want it because you, you just thought you wanted it? See, this journey will cause you to look at what you really want. What do I want, God? What is it that you have for me? Because I don't want to be blocked out of the promised land because of someone that's above me in my life telling me what life should be. I want the word of God to dictate to me what this church should look like and what our worship should look like and what my marriage should should look like. I don't want, I don't want just the ideas or opinions of man's failures. But what happens is people go before us and they spy out the land and we think it's theology. Hear me. We think it's theology that we got from that book. And it wasn't. It was ideology based on insecurity, based on someone's opinion. I don't think that lands for us. And so because they're over us, we go, oh, oh. And God's, no, I'm bringing you to myself. I'm bringing you to myself. I need you to get connected to the right people. Why? Because you're leading somebody. You're leading someone and you're being led by someone. There is someone being impacted by your decisions. Someone is speaking into your life forming certain decisions in your life. I'm getting to the want. I'm getting to the, why do I want what I want? Do I just want something some pastor wanted 20 years ago? Do I I, I just want something I heard at a marriage seminar? That's fine. But maybe that's what they wanted. Maybe that's what they, maybe you took something that they had, but God wants to bring a fresh theology, a fresh word into your life from himself saying, I'm bringing you into my kingdom. I need some kingdom because I got a kingdom. I'm not a small God. I'm a takeover and drop heaven onto earth kind of God. And I need you to pull away from that connection and bring some fresh teaching, some fresh leadership, some fresh God is about to connect you to some new people. I'm just getting warmed up. I just, I just needed to burden this thing. I did carrying this thing all week long about getting your want right. God wants to wash it off. This isn't condemnation. This is an accusation. Some beautiful. You are here because of some spiritual mentorship that is. We honor that. And God says, "Now I have brought you to a new place. I'm going to bring new books and new people and new mentors and new pastors that have something. They're not just talking about it. They got something." I could go on for hours. This isn't even a message. I, I've been hooked up with different people in my life. And because of the theological base that we had, we used to despise the faith movement because they weren't perfect. We would despise the grace movement because they weren't perfect. We would despise the prophetic movement because they weren't perfect. And God says, Eli wasn't perfect. Samuel wasn't perfect. I want you to let them go. I want you to forgive them and say, God, I thank you for bringing them to it. They, they helped me get to this place. And now God's about to take over and bring fresh new theology and teach us because he 
wants you to prophesy. He wants you to have grace. He wants you to pray. He wants you to, he wants the fullness of the kingdom, but he says, you have to want it. You have to welcome it. I'm not going to force it on you. I will. I will. By my grace, bring a Joshua and a Caleb. I will bring someone. But you need to make sure, oftentimes the louder voice is the voice you shouldn't take. It's like 10 people going, listen, you should make $60,000 or listen, your marriage should look like, listen, you're doing great because you're not divorced. See, that's their want. You should be happy with a church like this with COVID. That's what they want. But God has put the city in my heart because that's what he wants. I want what he wants for my marriage, my kids, my church, my city, my finances. I want what the king wants. I want to pray. I need to prophesy. I need to praise. I need, I need, I need, I need. I need fresh mentorship. Hold on, hold on. God's bringing me into a season. My phone's been ringing and I'm like, stop. God's saying it's okay. Honor your spiritual heritage, but I'm connecting you to some different people that are going to bring you to where you need to bring you because you don't just want something. You want what I want now because soul represents. I just want to be like everybody else. Oh, let me pull up a church on Instagram. I want that, God. Pull up a marriage on Instagram. Well, that looks cute. Looks like we better put on some pea coats and hats and go off into a field and take some pictures. I'm not here to mock it. If that's what you do, I love it. If that's what you want to do. But I want, I want what he wants for me. Because he might give me that. We might find ourselves in a field with $600 outfits. We take our family picture and we're done and we go, I don't know if that's what I wanted. You got to take this word. For some reason, some bad theology got into our Chinese food and we ate it or however, we got some bad Chinese. We got, and we start walking around like King Jesus is going to come in his horse, just knock us over and go serve me. Some of us are literally waiting for the hand of God to smack us upside the head in some sin that we're caught up into. And he's saying, no, it starts at the heart. You got to get what you, what, what you want right. And so Samuel, he's old now. He's judged Israel. And the elders come to him and they say, you're old. That's mean. And your kids are not like you. AKA, in other words, you failed as a father. Samuel was not perfect, but Samuel was a healthy enough leader to take that. Because this is the way God talked to him. He said, they're not rejecting you. They're not rejecting you. God's going to connect you to some leaders that aren't perfect, but they're secure enough they're secure enough to help you, truly help you, and not just project their own failure. They said, Samuel, it's you old and you haven't, you failed as a father, and we want a king. Samuel says, are you sure you want to be like everybody else? 
Are you sure? And they said, yes. And Samuel goes, okay. God's going to give you what you want. Why? We're a kingdom of passion. We're a kingdom of passion. Passion's an interesting biblical word because it's not just emotion. The passion of the Christ. I'm so passionate about this, I'm willing to suffer for it. I'm a kingdom of passion. It's a kingdom of passion. And God said, tell them, I'm going to give them what they want. I'm going to give them what they want. I got to get my passions right. I got to get my passions right. I got to be like David. I said, said, God, I want what you want. God, I want what you want. I found a kid with a heart after my heart. After Saul was rejected by God because he didn't obey God and he was ruled by the fear of man. He was ruled by pleasing people. I just want to fit in. I just want to be liked. I just want to be successful. God says, no, that's not, that, that's not the want that you want. We just want to be like other people. We just want to fit. We just want to look. We just want to be happy. We just want to be, we just want, we just want. And David said, God, I want what you want. I want what you want. I take all my other wants. Psalm 23, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I take all of my wants and I put them at the foot of the cross and say, God, I want what you want. 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 I take every want and put it at the foot of the cross and say, God, King Jesus, I welcome you. I welcome you. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I want what you want. I want your presence. I want your glory. I want your word. I want your spirit. I want the blood. I want heaven to come to my earth. I want, I want your presence. I want your church. I want revival. I want restoration. I want you, God. I want your word. I want your glory. I want what you want. I want the blood of Jesus. I want the baptism. I want the fire of the Holy Ghost. I want my gift to be stirred. I want what you want. You're my shepherd. You're my shepherd. I shall not want King Jesus. King Jesus. King Jesus. Jesus. going to open up the altar. You know, the altar is nothing special about it. It's the same piece of carpet that some of you are on. It represents faith. If this morning you're saying, man, I just wanted my own life and now I want salvation. I want to be saved. 
think you lift your hand and come on up. We just got some cool people that want to stand with you. This is kingdom. The Holy Spirit's inviting you into the kingship of Jesus Christ, but He won't force you. He won't force you. He says, I'm here. I'm right here. I'm, I'm going to show you how to invite people in. This church is not going to be legalistic. It's not full of condemnation. It doesn't force. It follows after Christ, but it has a hard follow. Follow me. Follow me to church. Follow me to forgiveness. Follow me into community. Follow me into prayer. Follow me into prophecy. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. The kingdom is coming. The kingdom is coming. There's healing and there's power, but you gotta welcome it. You gotta welcome it. You gotta welcome it and want it. I welcome you and want you. I welcome you and want you. I want you. Holy Spirit, fill me up. Fill me up. Fill me up. I want to praise. I want to. Do you want to praise? Do you want to? I want to. I want. I'm going to put a want in your heart. I want to. I want to. I want to pray. I want to praise. I want to prophesy. I want Jesus. I want his word. I want it. I want it. I want his word. I want it. One second, one second, one second, one second, one second, because of time, because of time. God wants to give it to you. He wants to give it to you right now. Some of you, you don't, really, you read the Bible out of discipline. He wants to give you a want this morning. Some, God wants to, he, he, you're going to want to preach. Can you imagine wanting to preach? Could you imagine wanting to lead? Could you imagine wanting to parent? Could you imagine wanting to prophesy? Could you imagine wanting to pray? And could you imagine, could you imagine next Sunday at five in the morning, you're like, man, I just can't wait to get to church. Your kids wanting to. God wants to put a want because once you give him your wants, he gives you his wants. Let's sing this one more time. And I'm telling you, God, ask him, ask him. God, give me your wants. Give me your wants. Give me your wants. I want to preach. I want to lead. I want to live. I want to teach. I want it. I want it. I want marriage. I want my kids. I want heaven to fall. I want heaven to fall. I want to worship. I want to. 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 Here it comes. Here it comes. Here it comes. Holy Ghost. I want it. I want it. I want it. Holy Ghost. 
Jesus as the deer. Amen, amen, amen. I want it. We got to close, but some of you need to stay in this atmosphere because it's just beginning. Do you know why? Because the, the people that we're going to start to invite to church, they're like, why did you invite me? Because I wanted to. Yeah. Why, why do you carry around your Bible? It isn't because I'm supposed to or it's what we do. It's God's word. You're going to be like, I want to. <laughs> when you bring someone to church and you're just like singing hallelujah and they're just like, what are you doing? I, I want to. I, he's King Jesus. <laughs> Why, why do you pray? It's the greatest desire of my heart. When you read Psalms, I want you to read a king that started the lineage of kings after how God wanted it done. So many times we're close. Well, God, I, I thought you showed me that person's marriage so that you could inspire my marriage. And God goes, well, yeah, but... I'm going to do it a little differently in you. And so I need you to come to me and not just go after trying to build what they have and what you saw. I want to build it through you. I want to give you my word and I want to give you my wants for you. I'm going to bring you to myself. That's why I'm frustrated. Some of you are so frustrated spiritually right now. And it's, it's a good thing because God's reconnecting you to, to a higher level of mentorship and friendship and culture and atmosphere. And he's saying, get ready. Get ready. I'm about to put my desire in your heart. This was a setup for next week. This is a setup for next week. Just get your want right. Get your right. Get your heart right. Get, get your passion right. All week long saying, God, give me your, give me your heart. If you need some prayer, come on up here. We'd love to pray with you. Love to stand with you. If you're sick in body, we've got some oil. We'd love to pray. If you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit, come on up here. If you want to speak in tongues, come on up here. We've got a team of people full of faith. We're not going to force anything. We're just going to allow the Holy Spirit to come on you. If you need some prayer of any type, come on up. We'd love to stand with you. We'll see you next Sunday. We love you so much.